everybody. Welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. We are stand-up comedians. Stand-up comedians that are currently jobless because of the coronavirus. We're finally going to be the doctors our mothers wanted us to be. Is there anything that we don't know? A lot, actually. We have a lot of questions. Uh, we have a lot of answers. All of them wrong. But we do have access to... Google. And a vet. Oh yeah, my mom's a vet. She knows some stuff. We have to do this So again. every once in a while, we're going to invite her on. No, we don't. We're going to actually use this. <laughs> welcome to Two Non-Doctors. Hi! Welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. And you've left me. I know. Remember when we were in the same room? I missed this already. <laughs> Although I did notice um, it's not out yet, but, you know, I always have... Um, um, our buddy Nate do clips for us. So there's one where we're stacked on top of each other, but it's kind of funny because I just keep looking to the left in this video, oh. even though they're above me. <laughs> so I just look like, I look paranoid, like there you're describing something and I'm just like, <laughs> There was a natural line when we were sitting next to each other that, that kind of looked like it was a split screen, but it was still your room. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too. No, it was kind of, it was like surreal having you here. And I think, I think the audience was both like excited, but also like, oh, I, we actually didn't think you actually loved each other. So. Yeah. So I got back to London. I had to quarantine. So then there was like freedom day on the 19th. And. Um, what do you mean freedom got, day? Like, like you were done quarantining? The press, the media named it freedom day, but nobody else. Oh. Nobody else oh. was like, yeah, freedom day, bye. You know, like, um, so so basically we're just like, you don't have to do, nobody has to, there's no restrictions, but you should still wear a mask on the tube, et cetera. But like, there's no like limit on how many people you can sit with in a pub. There's no um, table. So everything got lifted. Yeah. Um, okay. So I figured coming back on the 15th, I would just have four days of quarantine instead of the 10 and then freedom day would override everything. But I still had to buy a day two and a day eight test because here in the UK, you buy day two, day eight, so that was hundred pounds. And then I had to buy, if there wasn't a freedom, freedom day, I'd have to buy a day five test to release, which is another 55 pounds. So um, they call you, they ask you like, if it's okay to call and text. And if you're like, just text, they're like, why can't we call? And like people who put just text, apparently like they show up at the house, but um, the government has hired like an outside people to monitor you. So they will call you oh. one to three times a day. And if you don't answer your phone, that's when they'll come. Um, but like just re- wow. and then spend like three minutes on the phone with you, like just checking that, you know, to quarantine and like ask you what your test results were or whatever. And then, you know, the guy was like, did you do test for release on my first day? I was like, I was like, oh, but like freedom days on the 19th. So, uh, no. And he was like, no, that doesn't apply to you. That only applies to people who come on the 19th after 4 PM. So you still have to do, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. And you still have to quarantine. So I was like, are you f- kidding me? So I had to get the, I had to like redo the form and get the, oh my God, like there's so much paperwork involved with traveling. The people in line at JFK who didn't see that they had to fill in paperwork, because it wasn't just the UK, like there's like passenger locator forms for everyone. They didn't yeah. see it. They'd had to be taken out of line to go fill that out. And like these girls were like crying because like, I mean, their flight was like, they were already late. It's only because I'm a careful reader that I didn't get pulled out of line. But then you still fuck things up. You remember when we oh, yeah. come here and travel and do shows outside of London? And inevitably, we were just taxed for being dumb Americans because we'd always like overlook something or misread. Yeah. It's kind of like that. It's like you're going to overlook something because even when I sent my test, my first test back, um, they didn't they didn't uh, test it for 
like, I was like, what's going on? Like, did you get it? But apparently like I missed putting in the date and time that I actually swabbed myself because of that, it got delayed, you know, just like everything. There's so much that there's so many little details that can fall apart if you're not. Yeah. But you know what? That I fucking make it simple. If it's so important, yeah. why isn't there a bullet list that's like test on second and 19th does not apply to freedom day, you know, make sure this is, this is there. You just do like, why are we doing like legalese speak or some big chunky yeah. paragraph? Like, you know, we're all stupid. We're all busy. It's all confusing. There is no re if you had to describe it to a third grader, why can't you describe it the same way to me? And then you don't have people crying in line and not able to go home. Or to me, it's like, it's either pure ignorance of how humans work in general, which is like your whole job is to keep people safe and make sure things get done. So why wouldn't you make it as simple as possible? Or they're trying to fuck you. Yeah, That's, those are the, yeah. yeah those are the only two things. Yeah. Because how do you not know by now? Like if you're in some kind of, if you're a senator, a governor, you know, um, in public health, whatever, you know how people function more than ever, especially this year. Fucking yeah. make it simple. And that's what, you know, I have my whole fuck Finland joke or whatever, where it was like, I pay it. I'm the one that reads all this stuff. I'm the one that's always like, even now, like, you know, certain countries, I don't think people realize this. You have to have a certain amount of empty passport pages for each yeah. country. That happened to me too. So like I was applying for my visa and I couldn't, they sent me my passport back. And because I didn't have enough pages and I didn't know what happened to my application. Like, do I need to refill out my application? Do I need to repay? Like, tell me. And you can't get a hold of anyone on the phone. No. And just So it's like I dug through the Internet. Yeah. And it wasn't I'm like simply there. Like oh, dude, I'm talking, I'm talking to the Singapore embassy to be like, do you need one or two pages? Just let me know. <laughs> like. It's insane, but you like Australia will be like, we need four pages and the U.S. is like, we need seven. And you're like, fuck you, U.S. But yeah. like even that stuff, like most people don't know that you have to have a certain amount of pay. And I was like two pages short. And I'm like, am I not going to be allowed in the country? Even though I know they could easily stamp three or four on a page. Also, yeah. they stamp like fucking kids in kindergarten where they're like da, 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 and you're like hey man this costs two hundred dollars could we maybe conserve space <laughs> makes me crazy it's like taking a permanent mark marker to your like apple watch you're like this is expensive yeah I what know. are you doing yeah. and it's just some person that won't make eye contact with you and you're like dude use the same page you can't be next to the philippines be friends <laughs> makes me crazy but no they do they make it complicated and then it's so funny where like especially on my fuck Finland joke, everybody's like stupid Americans. They don't, I was like, I'm not a stupid American. I did all the research. I worked so hard and it's like five countries. And they're like, well, you know, the U S it's six months. I was like, but I don't need to know about the U S cause I live here. I yeah. need to know about Sweden and Finland and, and, and this in Switzerland and each country has different rules. Why wouldn't it be when I buy a ticket? It's like, dun, dun, dun. Hey, just so you know, if your passport expires in less than three months, you can't, and I'm going for a weekend. Logically speaking, you know, I don't want to fucking live in Finland. You know what I mean? Like, you're just like, yeah. I don't fucking want to be there. I'm just here for work. Like, yeah. why can't you be like, I'm here for work and I love my country. I don't, but you know, like, <laughs> can I hold an American flag? I don't want to stay here. <laughs> like, <laughs> Anywhere I'm going to London. <laughs> it's just like, people are insane. So, so nobody showed up at your place. They've just called you a lot. So they've just been calling me. Yeah. And I, you miss half the calls. Sometimes they call and hang up. I think there's a, a spot in Johnny's living room where it just drops calls. 
Michelle, my flatmate, she sent a test back in. There's so many different companies that do, do these tests. And so there's a lot of like, I think fake people. So basically she paid for all the tests and like, she never got her test results back. So she had to like go through another company and pay again for the tests. And just like, people are just scamming and like, you just have to really be paying attention. Oh, that's so, that's so exhausting. And I do find it hilarious that tests are free in the U.S. Nothing else is like you no. could die here. They don't give a fuck about your health here, but COVID tests are free here. And yeah. then you go to the U.K. where healthcare is completely free. And they're like, it's like $400 to make you sure you don't have COVID. You need to be middle class. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, it's happening less now, but like maybe two months ago, I was constantly getting like stimulus check or like, or, um, money's due to you or fill this out and you can get more P P O a money, like, you know, P U P whatever it is for unemployment, the extra money. Like, but it was like, but everything's spelled wrong. I'm like, Hey, I'm dyslexic. And even I know the government has a spell checker. Like it was just like <laughs> cons. And I was just like, I talked to Johnny about that. he says that scammers do that on purpose to weed out the people who are too smart for the scam. Oh yeah. I was like mind blown. I never, that's even- a mind blowing Oh my God, I'm too smart for scams. <laughs> <laughs> so Johnny, thank you. That was like a big self-esteem booster right now. I'm like, mm, too, start, too smart for scams. But it was also like, I mean, some of it is like, you know, stimulus and it's like the S's have like two S's and you're just yeah. like, what are they, a snake? What is this? I just, I'm like, I'm like, it's just so silly. Also, like you start to know very clearly, like, especially like with unemployment, how they're going to contact you. Mm. Sometimes you get the text at like midnight and you're like, Hey man, like, I know all this stuff is robots, but even so there's no way that they were like, let's get them right before they go to bed. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. let's really ask them something important. Yeah. Um, okay. Complete non sequitur. And then we'll, we'll move on. Uh, you'll be very proud of me. I've been trying to get off dairy. I mean, I'm still gonna have cheese here and there, but I'm slowly trying to get off dairy. And the biggest dairy culprit is what I put in my tea. And you always get flat whites with oat milk. Mm-hmm. So I, I did co- coconut milk years ago when I was doing the paleo diet. I tried soy. They just, I'm just not going to do soy. It's like not, it just isn't, it's so 1995. Oh my God. Um, I, I could do cups of soy milk. So good. Yeah. Um, I don't mind it, but it's just like they, especially for women, it, it, estrogen, whatever. I just was like not doing it. So that now that, you know, now 2021, there's like everything could be milk. It's more about thickness. Yeah. And so I looked it up and they said oat milk, you know, A, I wanted it to be gluten-free, but then they said oat milk um, has a more similar thickness to milk. Yeah. And then I saw you would get flat whites with oat milk and I was like, let's do this. And that's what I did today. And it's good. I like it. Nice. Um, oat milk's caloric. So just be aware of that, but otherwise great choice. And I'm glad I turned you on to oat milk. I'm impressed. Yeah. Uh, I am flattered. So because um, you're set in your ways and uh, you allow me to expand your horizons on the food front and huge compliment yeah. that you trust my taste enough to go, well, if Marie likes it, I might like it. Yeah. And I think oat milk, not that it's at every place, but I do think it's becoming more um, consistent as a milk alternative at oh, it's places. Like every place has it now. Um, yeah. That I, yeah. It's always like, it's, it's very rare that I go with oat milk and they go, we don't have oat milk. It's, isn't it yeah. weird now when people are like, uh, we don't have any milk alternatives. And you're like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you yeah, doing? Do yeah, um, get your business together. Yeah, that's cool. And why are you cutting out dairy for eczema? 
Yeah, my eczema is really bad on my neck and I've just ignored it for, I know we've talked about it on the podcast, but I've made an effort once or twice for about three days. Yeah. And I also gluten is probably a culprit as well. Um, much easier for me to cut out gluten. I do just think I need to get off dairy and gluten. I'm finishing a script as soon as that is done and I move because I'm also moving. Um, as soon as those two things happen, I will um, feel better. Yeah. I'll feel ready. First, you know. Yeah. I think I, I've learned definitely from habit books too much change. Like you, it's, it, it takes so much willpower to make a big change like that, that to move one of like the top five most um, life altering things, even when it's a good move or a quick move or just moving in general. It's like having a baby, somebody dying, moving like there's yeah. these like yeah. these things. That, so it's like changing your diet is high willpower and then moving is like a number one stressor and then writing a script, I would like to say is on par with moving. I'm just saying it. Um, you're going to love this. Speaking of moving, let's move on. Uh, yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Announcements. Um, thank you to all our Patreons. Uh, we are so grateful. You guys are awesome. Um, if you don't know, you can get early access to uh, episodes. You can get weekly bonus episodes. You can get monthly bonus episodes. You can get stickers. You can be a Google guest. Uh, you can control our Googles. You can get some um, of our stand-up. There's so many things you can get for being a Patreon of all different tiers. So patreon.com slash two non-doctors, two non-forward doctors on Patreon. And you can get, um, and you can uh, support us and get free stuff. Also at the number two non-forward doctors is our Twitter, our YouTube, and our Facebook. Follow us there. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, it's two non-DRS. Um, and then if you have a chance to leave us a rate and review, that helps us. We love it. Um, uh, we get really excited when we see reviews, um, and we share we two this week Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so thanks so much for all the reviews you've sent in so far. It's, um, it was awesome of you. And, um, I'm like, sorry for the annoying message at the beginning of these podcasts, but I'm, what am I doing? I'm recording my album. Why do I have a block about this? Jesus. I am recording my album at the Bill Murray in London on Monday, August 30th. It's a bank holiday. Um, it's two shows, 6 and 8 p.m. I'd love to see you out there if you're there. I need the, I need the support. I need the people in the room. Come be a part how of my personal. How much are tickets, Maria? Tickets are eight pounds in advance, 10 pounds at the door. You can get tickets. Um, there's links on my website, mariashahada.com and angelcomedy.co.uk. There's links on that too, but it's a little bit harder to find. So if you just go to mariashahada.com, it's at the top of the screen. And um, yeah. Go see her. Eight pounds. You could, you could have your laughter contained on an album forever. Yeah. Go see her. I'm very excited. I'm sad I'm not going to be there. Um, my announcements. Uh, Cleveland is this weekend. And then in September, I'll be in Sunnyvale, California at Rooster Chief Feathers, Oklahoma City, Fort Worth and Dallas, Austin and uh, Houston, all in September. And um yeah, I think we're getting really good at these announcements. It oh, only took us like two it. years. Yeah. All right, fan mail? Fan mail. Okay, so our fan mail is from Luke. He says, I've been listening for a while, and this is the first episode I felt super compelled to write in on. I adopted a blind dog, and it's talking the first thing about how disabled pets are just like the rest of us. Sure, he was born blind, has a heart condition, and has inoperable hernia, but he is my little dude. He's wonderful, and I love him, but he's also a shithead. Nobody should feel sorry for him. He doesn't know he's disabled and he lives his life happy as a clam. 
He chases down balls, he gets in trouble, and he tries to get away with murder. For me, however, misinformed, I feel like I understand how living with a disability is just that, living. Yes. Oh, he sends out pictures of Romeo. Mm. That's sweet. Thanks, Luke. Isn't um, your sister's cat's disabled, isn't isn't she? She's she's a three-legged cat. So she was hit by a car when she was a kitten and came into my mom. That's how my mom, so it came in. My mom amputated the the leg or the arm, it's up front. Um, and it was so cute. My mom was so proud of her surgery that she was like, we have to keep this in the family. This is one of my best arm oh. surgeries. <laughs> um, and so she gave it to M. And I have to say like, you can't, it looks like it never had an arm. It's like, it, like the fur complete, like it's like amazing. So the one thing with um, her name's avocado. The one thing about avocado is that she has to keep under a certain weight because when she gets too heavy, it really makes it hard for her to walk and jump. So that's like something that is like kind of a constant concern, but otherwise she's, she lives her little life. She's awesome. Yeah. I, so I have a friend right now that um, her dog has, uh, I think like cataracts or something like this is definitely going blind, older dog. Um, we had a blind, deaf, one-eyed cat uh, named Patches when we were younger that lived at the practice that no joke did not need it. I mean, would come back with like hawks. Like, I mean, this thing was a murderer, killed bunnies, killed rat, uh, kill, killed uh, birds. Like it was crazy for this thing that this cat that had less senses was coming back with huge kills. And we were like, Hey man, first of all, this is a practice. Could we not have like dead animals? <laughs> That advertising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just want to get your little cat healthy enough to be a murderer. But genuinely, <laughs> like lightning and thunder strikes and patches is at the door with dead animal in its mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is, and like I love all those videos. If you've ever seen like um, animals that have, um, they ha they make like these animal wheelchairs where like they put their back legs on this kind of like almost like a like a wheelbarrow type thing, and then they just kind of like scoot around or whatever. But I, I think both in um, uh, disabilities for humans and disabilities for pets, people are getting um, uh, ingenuitive. It, it, is that the right word? Like getting super creative in problem these solve solving these problems in a way that empowers people and and makes people just be able to live their lives the way they want to live it. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, but thanks for writing in, Luke. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, Googles? Yes. Uh, I will go first. Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah mine's a quick one. Um, so this this Google was um, sparked, I think just in general, I've thought about it a lot. But um, I was at the I was at the cellar. I was with a bunch of comics. And I was talking to, oh, I forget his name. Um, this Haitian comic, really nice guy, and Ophira Eisenberg. And we were talking about 23andMe. And he said that he did this history and it was talking about all his ancestors and how cool it was that it's not just like, all right, he might be like 20% Nigerian and, you know, 30% whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like he was just kind of like, I'm Haitian, but like, then you look and like his ancestors, all these things, but it's not just that. It's like, we kind of talked about it in like a past episode about how earwax like you could find out that like you're prone to more wet earwax and like other people might be prone to drier earwax. And that's a genetic thing. Um, same thing with like your taste. So he was like, Oh, like my family is more of like a salty, like we, it says that we like a saltier taste. So him and Ophira were going back and forth being like, Oh yeah, when I'm sad, I want chips. And I'm like, you're insane. When I'm sad, I want cake. Like, 
but my whole family wants cake. Like my dad would tell stories about being in college and they would get these big vats of ice cream at like, it, you know what I mean? Like that's how my dad was to the point where like the cashier's like, are you having a party? And he's like, no, <laughs> just these huge vats of ice cream. So I was like, that has two things. My last name means honey. So I've always kind of joked like we have a sweet tooth and our last name means honey, but I don't know anybody in my family that doesn't have a sweet tooth. And then I have nieces, like a niece and nephew, and they're sugar crazy. And I know all kids are, but it's like a little bit like where I'm like, you're two. How do you know this? Like, why is this your heroine? So our, our taste, taste preference is genetic. And it says taste and just general eating behavior, like meal size and uh, calorie intake is controlled by your genes. And uh, studies on families and twins found links between genetic makeup and preferences to protein, fat, and carbohydrates. So like, that's kind of why, like, and I'm sure some of it's influence where you watch your mom eat something and you're like, well, it looks like it makes her happy. So maybe it'll make me happy or it's just in the house in general, but it does kind of make sense that like, I mean, you pull out ice cream, every mealy is your friend. Like that's just <laughs> how you do that. It's the same way that you bring home baklava and I'm just like, baklava, like sugar, sugar, sugar. <laughs> I, I like to think about um, my ancestors in front of the pyramids just eating Snickers bars. <laughs> 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 it's all melted. <laughs> they don't care. It's, like, ah. <laughs> it's also kind of interesting to think about the different um, desserts that come out of each culture where like I've noticed like certain countries their dessert isn't as sweet and I'm just like eh, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Like it's not sweet enough. And I also know that like American sweets are like you know, it's just not even, it's like off the sweet. Yeah. It's off the sweetness chart. There's a lot of stuff in the U S that even I'm like, and I like things sweet. Um, but it is interesting. Like certain desserts, like I think flan is disgusting. Like, Oh, I love flan. Disgusting. (laughs) That might be a pictures like all like jelly, like a jelly. Yeah. Yeah, it might be about texture, but it's about what kind of sweetness level too. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see like, different cultures have a different like sweetness or just like savory and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I just found it interesting. And the fact that like 23 and me can tell you, I mean, I could tell you as well, <laughs> just by knowing <laughs> it. <laughs> um, mine was, um, let me get the wording right on this. Cause it was sort of inconclusive. Why did women in the seventies and eighties speak so softly? So oh. <laughs> why are, why are we so abrasive today? But like, um, I noticed this like on Airplane, that uh, that movie Airplane, the girl in it, she spoke like really soft like this. And um, and then I was watching this documentary about like uh, this guy who tried to do stand-up comedy and then he had to perform in Vegas. So he was kind of uh, consulting all the um, comedians of the day, like Milton Burrow and um, Phyllis Diller. And um, well, he was on a plane and the flight attendant was speaking the exact same way. And this was a documentary. So it wasn't like a, um, an affected actor thing. Maybe the flight attendant was trying to like speak softly to soothe passengers. But I do feel like the, and sometimes in California now, but I do feel like the like women's voices in the 70s and 80s were, were really soft and gentle and annoying like that. 
That's actually really interesting because we just watched Weird Science last night, which is just a ridiculous movie. I remember seeing it when I was younger. It came out in 1985, but it's all about like these dorky guys literally make like a Frankenstein woman. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's just, it's a stupid, it makes no sense. Anyway, the woman is clearly beautiful and she's like, she does bring up her book, but she's just like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, I'm here for you. You should come over here and take a shower with me. Like, and you're just like, <laughs> why is that? Like, but you're right. It is this kind of like, just kind of docile. Hey, I didn't see you over there. Yeah. Well, I do think it's to appease men. So, okay. <laughs> what I found out was. BC all, not heard. It's a hard thing. Yeah. It's a hard thing to Google. And a lot of people talked about the affected like 1920s, 30s, 40s actress, that transatlantic. Well, I just want to be a part of the picture. See, you know, like that. <laughs> you do this so well. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but like, <laughs> um, but that—that's like they learn that in acting school and theater, and like, so that's that. But I think women didn't get broadcasting like they, you know, if you listen to AM radio through the years, it's mostly men because women's voices hit at a hertz level of like five to 7,000 and men's are just under 5,000. But in like same cultures, like the warning, if you're back in the day, like if you're being warned about something, a warning sound would be at that same level as, as a woman, as a woman, because her, the, when she hits consonants, it's at the same level as like a warning sound. So I'd love this so much. Yeah. So like, so they obviously like that, like men got all the jobs because women ended up having a shrill, voice because not only they already high pitched but like male engineers would turn women up under the the misconceived notion that they spoke softer so they'd turn women up when they were recording and then the women would end up having a shrill voice and so they'd end up not putting them in a broadcasting situation wow and this also oh sorry finish over the years women's voices have gotten lower and lower octaves margaret thatcher actually like like paid for um a vocal coach to teach her how to speak in a lower voice to command more respect. But over the years, it's gone from like this really soft, like I think maybe higher pitched in the twenties and it's gone like softer, but then now it's like us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, and I think it's just, it's just like culturally changing and women are like commanding more respect women are in the workplace more and blah, 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 blah. So we speak lower and almost to the point of vocal fry, which is like, um, oh, speaking wow. like what, 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 what do you mean? Your voice. <laughs> like, and then they get, um, people hate that. So, uh, we can't win, <laughs> but, but this is, so this is really fascinating. So one of the things that I've heard the most, um, since from my last special is how annoying my voice is. Yeah. And Sorry. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And don't get me wrong. There are, I think in general, when you perform and you hit the same mark every night, you do start to like, there's something about your voice that does change. Cause you're hitting, you're, you're performing, you're hitting something. So I think there's some of that. I also think the recording of stuff manipulates it, but in general, it is always men that are criticizing my voice and it's, there is, and I don't, you know, you think of somebody like a Michelle Wolf, and there's a couple other like uh, um, a Maria Banford. There's certain people, um, a Mindy Kaling. There are people that have this kind of squeakier or, or higher pitch voice that everybody can kind of be like, that's a little, that can after yeah. a while be a little intense or annoying. But I don't think I have that voice. 
some, again, sometimes when I perform the same thing over and over, I do manipulate my voice in certain ways, but I think some of that is just men not being used to women's voices or men literally be like almost kind of misophonia, like, like this is high and I don't like it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, well, I have and, about like my, my flatmate whining in response to TV and I'm like, I just can't, I don't, I don't like it. But this, this, this research actually helps the joke a bit because I can at least explain why I don't think I like it, but I'm also being, I, I guess I'm being a bit misogynistic. I don't think so though. But um, I, cause I remember when I first came to the UK performed in Birmingham and like, they weren't listening. It was a jongler and you know, jonglers. Oh God. Like, yeah. Jonglers the worst. It's like a, it's like a bachelor bachelorette night out. Um, so they weren't listening. So I went higher with my voice. And this is when I, I started learning to like speak in a lower register to command respect rather than like speaking up here and trying to get the attention because now you're American and you're up here. And then yeah, yeah. like, and one of the comedians yeah. after the show was like, you're just, he was like, you are too squealy. And so people were shutting you out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I do, I think it's, I think it's a, a mix of like, literally like misogyny, like, you know, just in general, we don't listen to women. We didn't have to listen to women. We don't want to listen to women. But then what you were saying that like, literally we're at a, like the same way, like, what is it? Like if you're under 30, there's certain like sounds that you can't hear that, that like would be like, like literally like screeching to your ears. But if you're over 30, you can't hear it at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I do wonder, that's so interesting. That's been one of my favorite Googles. Oh, cool. Yeah, that was good. All right, let's get personal. Yes. Yeah, okay. How often, this is your question. How often do you change your bra? <laughs> okay, so I, I, need, I need clarification. Washing it or just wearing it every day, like the same way that like I might wear jeans three days in a row? I think it's like the same way you'd wear jeans three days in a row, but I assume you'd wash it. Um... I mean, if you put it back on, I guess like if it spends a day on your floor and then you put it back on, I guess that counts as four days. But like, yeah. it's just like, how many days in a row do you wear a bra? Because Johnny asked me that and I was like, that's actually a great question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't know what the average person does. And oh, by judging by your face. Um, uh, okay, so in the summer, it's a different, it's different because I sweat in them and I feel like I don't sweat in them in the winter. Yeah. So I would say most like not right not in 90 degree weather i'm wearing it three weeks to a month you know i'm not i'm i have about four huh without washing it yeah i don't care wait this is in the summer well no that's not in the summer the summer is like a week okay but keep in mind the way I'm calculating this is I have about four bras that are like different colors. Stop judging me. So I'm not wearing one bra straight for a month. I see your face. I can see your, it's like an HD. You're being a dick. Um, so I'm rotating four different bras in this month period. So we're talking about probably one week per bra and then I'll go wash them all. But like, yeah, I, I'm not, it's not off. I know it's gross, but also you have to wash them special and like, Dude, there's nothing worse than like washing a bra shitty and now the like underwire is poking you and a perfect bra is now shitty. And like, yeah, I've learned to like really, I, honestly, every time I wash my bra, it's a scary experience. It's like, is this going to come out mangled and no longer useful? And I'm going to have to pay 50 bucks for another one because they're overpriced. They are overpriced. Okay. And then the summer, the summer is like, as soon as I sweat in it, as soon as like, you know, that like you're wet, it's done. I can't put that ever back on. I just can't. Yeah. 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 
it's like a wet bathing suit. I was like, I'm never, no. So All right. I'm, I'm, yeah. So I would say like, it's almost one or two days in the summer. And then it's probably more like a week to two weeks in the okay. winter. I would say that's on the longer end of the spectrum of when people change their bras. I, I'm the same with pants though. I'm, I'm aware, I'm aware of pants oh. until they start to be saggy, you know, cause you like them tight and then they start to be, or like just take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. I'm aware pants. Is that what you said? I'm aware pants. I'm aware pants until they start sagging. Just wondering who you turned into. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware pants until they start. I'm aware, these, I'm aware these pants. You can't tell me not to. Because <laughs> you, you got defensive and I feel like that's your defensive voice. I'm gonna wear pants until I feel like monsters. Yeah, yeah. You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> um, okay. I changed I changed my bra every two like three days, I would say. How many bras do you have? Two. And I wash stuff once. Well, you have a, yeah, you have a washer in your apartment. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'll be less gross when I have a washer and dryer in my apartment. Yeah, maybe, maybe, probably not. Um, those are both. I'm not gonna count on that. But yeah, two, two, I guess three to four days then if it's, if I have like two that are regular rotation, I have like seven bras, but two that I just wear regularly. Yeah, no, you pick favorites and you, have you ever wore, like I wore a bra that I bought and just like never wore. And I immediately was like, oh, this makes sense. I hate this. I hate every part of this bra. This is <laughs> yeah. awful. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then my jeans. And also- then I didn't get rid of it. I just put it in the back of my drawer again. Right. Like, no, you get rid of it. You just like oh, yeah. learn that lesson again later. hundred <laughs> percent. And then I was he gro- like once a week, huh? Was he grossed out? Because the way I think of it is like socks is one a day, underwears one a day. You know what I mean? But bras, I don't know why. Even though they're pretty close to armpits, for some reason they're not a one one and done. He wasn't grossed out. He was just wondering. Um no, I mean, I think he sees he, like, you wear the same bra every day around and just wears that again. Like, I don't think he cares. Um, yeah. I feel like I don't feel judged. I feel like guys are gross. I do know women that are like, oh, you know what I was going to say about jeans? Um, in yeah. college, my older sister and her best friend um, had a who could wear their jeans the longest without washing them contest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was pretty disgusting. I think I think her friend won and she got over a month and she was like, it was starting to like they could like stand up on their own. Like, yeah <laughs> it's horrible it's college clearly you didn't have fun in college <laughs> you ready for the topic yeah yeah we went real general and weird feet feet feet, feet. um i'm interested because like i just kind of like i'm all over the place with my research it's everywhere yeah because i'm everywhere from like the importance the issues you have fetishes how i feel about mine foot rubs like i'm out there like because like i'm this is, we'll start with this. My spectrum is I hate feet, mine and everybody else's. I, I don't like having them out in the world. I'm a shoe person because I hate feet. I judge sandal people. And um, I was anti-foot rub. I didn't want anybody near my feet or touching my feet. And then I had a boyfriend once that just grabbed my feet and started rubbing them. And before I was able to be like, don't touch my feet. I was like, oh, I get now why women want their feet rubbed. This feels amazing. Ha. 
<laughs> you love it. You, I bet you would be like the biggest foot fetish person if you'd allow yourself to explore it for a second because you hate it so much. I just feel like that's yeah. like the pendulum that goes. It's just like, like you hate so much. It's just going to go back the other way to like stick it in my eye. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Um, I remember seeing the the Kama Sutra, the Kama Sutra book, like a friend had it. This is like 10 years ago. And we're flipping through the pages and they're like toe fucking each other. And there's like toes in weird places. And I was like, this is not sexy. I was like, starting with foot fetishes. I was curious about this one. So I looked into like the, the topics I looked into were like feet as we age and oh. um, foot fetishes basically. Okay. So like, what did you hear about foot? You start with foot fetish. Okay. So feet and, and like foot accessories are like the most fetishized of all the non uh, genitalia body parts. Accessories. Accessories. I don't know what that means. Socks, shoes. I just say accessories. So it's weird. What did I say? Accessories. 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 I got nothing. Okay. Um, This was what was fascinating about it. The reason they think there's more people like that foot fetishes is like the more fetishized thing is that the area, the, the brain area associated to genitalia. I hate that word, by the way. Um, and, uh, feet are like like little tendrils coming off of you. Genitalia. (laughs) Yeah, no, it does. It sounds like you have like an octopus down there. Um, (laughs) So genit- so the, the brain area is associated with your, your parts, your downstairs parts and feet are adjacent to each other and the, um, and on, the, uh, to each other in like the brain's body image map. So they think that people get it cross. There's like a cross wiring. It's funny that you start with that. Cause that was like the most fascinating thing. That one blew my mind. Yeah. All the theories. Did you, yeah. Did you read the article of how the guy figured this out? No. So what's crazy about it is so basically this guy was figuring out so people that like would lose a limb um there's what is it called it's like um uh phantom limbs so like let's say yeah. you lose an arm and then people still have pain in their arm or they still feel their arm or they still go to reach for something because they talked about this brain map and the brain map didn't get reconfigured so that the brain still thinks there's an arm and that's why they had this kind of ghost arm or whatever so that's how he'd kind of discovered like um foot fetishes where there's the brain map is i'm probably butchering this but the brain map is um uh not getting right next to each other yeah just like sometimes you know everyone's built differently so maybe it just crosses a bit yeah i have an orgasm when you touch my feet (laughs) yeah isn't that crazy i thought that was so cool and it all happened because of like people that lost limbs and and stuff like that which yeah. I was like, but then I read a bunch of articles about like people touching feet and like somebody getting into like trying on shoes, helping women try on shoes so they could suck their toes. And I was like, I can't. Oh yeah. This. I think like, I read the same articles. This is nuts. Yeah. yeah. The internet it's, is it's so small sometimes. Like, I happen to be a podiatrist in this shoe store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check out your pinky toe. <laughs> <laughs> I did have, I did have a boyfriend that liked my feet and I hate my feet. And it was, it was hard. It was like a hard. Like, liked your feet in a way that like wanted to like put your feet on the face or like, just be like, oh, you have pretty feet. He always wanted to be touching my feet, mm. but it wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't cross a line. It made me uncomfortable because I hate my feet, but it, it, it didn't cross a line where I was like, 
yo, this dude wants to fuck my feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which happens. So yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it happens, you know, you got to let people live their so lives. There's that one. Floyd's theory, um, I, like predictably is that like just feet look like phallic symbols. Boring. Wow. It's a boring theory. Yeah. Just long. You could say your limb looks like, your arm looks like a dick. Like, I just don't, like. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, I just. Line. Goodbye for this family. Um, so everything he looks at looks like fucking dick. It's, oh, why did you make sausage tonight? Because it's cheap and easy. Mm. Yeah. Feels like you want to get banged. Yeah, um, it's okay. just like, come on, man. <laughs> uh, power dynamic. Oh, yeah. So, like, so I think this is like a nature-nurture thing. So, like, the nature thing would be cross wires. Nurture thing would be, um, you were raised by feet. Feeling, huh? You were raised by feet. Raised by feet. You said nature versus nurture. Oh, okay. Oh, you're being funny. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, that's actually the worst way to bomb. Oh, you were being funny. Anyway. Um... Sorry, you're right. That would break me. Um, <laughs> what was that show called with the babies? They're like, like little like rugrats or something where they just like, I think the adults yeah. were all just feet around them. Oh, yeah. 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 That's what I thought when you said raised by feet. Um, yeah. It could be. It could be that like you were told as a child and you just made that sexual as you grew up. But um, yeah. I think it's because like the power dynamic is like feet are the lowest point of someone's body. Feet are like the dirtiest. And so placing oh. yourself below that. Like in Arab culture, yeah. if you get your through a shoe thrown at you, they're telling you you are worse than my shoe. Yeah. You are nothing, you are dirt. And that's like equally what I think people with foot fetishes may find appealing about that is that they Oh, like kind of like that dominatrix vibe to it. Yes. Where like yeah. like even like isn't it in certain cultures they wash your feet? Like as like like that's like to have clean feet is like really important or something i'm sorry yeah, I'm on I, think, I think in like islam uh washing your hands and feet before you pray or i think that's a thing um yeah. watching relative speeds a sign of respect or care yeah. and power dynamic oh. power dynamics are huge in like sexual fetishes yeah i i got i got nothing on that what i find interesting so i have i have flat feet so oh, that's yeah. like yeah i have flat feet i've always had flat feet i've always been sad that i have flat feet it's just like that's like the most unladylike non-dainty thing but everybody in my family has flat feet and this was kind of interesting so there's there's three types of arches so there's normal or medium and then there's high which they call the cavus cavus foot and then there's low which is flat feet normal is like biomechanically effective it's like the most bio like it's the most effective style of foot i guess and it's about roughly 60 percent of the population has um the normal foot but then there's people that have high arches that have tons of problems walking and issues with that. And then there's people like me with flat feet that also have issues. Like they actually say being flat footed and being a runner is like the worst. Yeah. I haven't had too many running or injury problems because I have flat feet, but I do know that people with flat feet, that's often what they're told is like, oh, you, you injured this. It's because your foot is flat. You need this kind of arch support or you need this kind of thing. But what they said, which I thought was kind of cool. I didn't know every baby has flat feet. So you start out with flat feet and then you develop your arch. Oh. So basically I just didn't develop my arch and, and they say that's genetic. Cause I know everybody in my family has, flat I think feet. everyone in my family has flat feet too. Yeah. 
And it's whatever. I mean, the only thing that bothers me about it is that I love like, so I can see it very quickly. Like I'll get a pair of boots or I'll get a pair of sneakers and I'll love the way my foot looks in them. And within a month, I'm like, I hate these shoes. And it's because oh, I've, yeah. I've flattened them out. So especially with like cute little flats, I'll be like, oh, they give me shape. And I'll be like, I love these. And then I walk in them and then they're flattened and I hate them. And I yeah, won't wear them. Like my boots and shoes get like, like they turn into, they get wider and they turn into the shape of like a bunion look. So they just look like yeah. the worst, ugliest shoes, no matter how beautiful they, they, they look starting out. But, you know, when I first, yeah, but when I wear them initially, I'm like, they hurt my feet, but I love the way they look. And then eventually I wear them in, my feet feel comfortable. And I'm like, I hate them. They're ugly. Yeah. I'm the same. Oh, it's the same. We're the same. Um, but they can say like uh, flat feet can, do, can contribute to problems in your ankles and your knees and the condition can alter the alignment of your legs and stuff. And I think that's where like you can get like running problems or whatever. But I had a lot of problems with my feet as a kid. So I think I also just have a completely negative connotation. So I had really bad eczema. Uh, I had athlete's foot because of being a gymnast and whatever issues with my feet. So I would get like athlete's foot. I would get eczema on my feet. My feet used to bleed. My dad used to like help put ointment on my feet and then put socks on my feet and then tape the socks on because I would like wake up and my feet would be bloody because I'd be itching them and stuff. So there was a lot of you know, it's not like Chinese foot binding oh, yeah. or whatever. A no brainer, I think. <laughs> Starting to see why it's issues without your feet. Yeah. So I just, there were so many. And then I had, um, I had something wrong with my toenails when I was younger and um, I had to go on a certain drug. I couldn't go on it until I was 18. So I used to swim with my socks on. It's actually like, I've had friends that have written stories and stuff. And there's like a quirky girl that swims with socks on. That was me. I wouldn't let people look at my feet. I hated them. Wow. And then, and then I went on this drug that I actually always wonder, cause my mom had to sign something that like, if my liver falls out, it's not their fault. But I went on some drug when I was 18 that like, my feet are fine now. There's nothing wrong with them. I don't, I don't look at them and hate them. Like I feel actually nothing. If I paint my toenails, I'm like, I have the cutest feet in the world. Yeah. Even that I still don't like people seeing my feet. I hate sandals. Okay. So I know I have like trauma. I have foot trauma. <laughs> Nobody talks about it. Yeah. Okay. I'm starting to, I'm starting to understand a lot more now. I like, I like when my feet are out and uh, took pictures of my feet, ended up on wiki feet. So if you have any pictures of your feet on the internet, which I don't think you do. Yeah. I, I was never. too afraid to look at like years ago, I saw myself on wiki feet. I was too afraid to look at my ratings. It was like a three out of five stars. And I was like, I have good feet. So this is bullshit. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm like, how does it end up on wiki feet? Somebody just combs the internet for feet. Yeah. And how'd you find it? Does it say like Maria Shahada's feet? I think I had a Google alert on my name at the time, which I eventually had to take off for summons in Edinburgh. I was like, I don't need to know all these reviews. Thank you. Yeah, I don't need to know that. <laughs> um, and, uh, and it was like, I ended up on Wikipedia. And they just take on Instagram pictures where, you know, when you're like at a pool or you're outside, oh, yeah, yeah. pictures and your feet, feet are in it. They put those on, on Wikipedia. Huh? Oh, I was just going to say what I ended up, the thing I went down on it, because like I've always known about like Chinese foot binding. Yeah. Like in the, I don't know, I, we must have been taught it in school, which is like a weird thing to teach in school, but I don't feel like I did my own research as a kid about foot binding, but like, it is kind of interesting where in culture, like it was seen as like a status, a status symbol and like a mark of beauty. And it was just about like changing the, like the, the changing the size of the shape. And um, 
it was like basically causing women to have deformities, like to the point where they couldn't walk. And they said, um, it was crazy by the 19th century, 40 to 50% of Chinese women bound their feet and a hundred percent of upper class women bound their feet. Yeah. That's and they like, couldn't walk fast and it was always hurtful to walk. And I was like, what a weird, like who decided tiny, tiny non foot looking feet were pretty. And then how did we all just jump on it? But I, then I look at like all the beauty standards of America and I'm like, and, and aren't taken care of is all survival. You can hardly blame a woman back then. Um, yeah, of course. And it was, that's how like you got a man or whatever. But then I look at like American culture where they're like, Hey, you have to be a size zero at all times. And you're just like, yeah, that seems attainable. Let's figure that out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, we have our own bullshit as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you know your feet get bigger when you're pregnant? I did know that. That's and they don't always go back down. No. So think big. about having shoes. Like the nice thing about feet is like they hit their size and you just can wear your shoes forever until they fall apart. And then to find out that you have a baby and all your shoes are gone. That's so upsetting. That, yeah. I mean, I get new shoes all the time because all my shoes are cheap in the first place. I like need to spend a good amount of money on shoes and just like stop doing this false economy thing of like cheap shoes. No, I, that's actually the one thing that I do well is that I started paying like like a hundred bucks and just getting like a good pair of shoes and like paying attention to how they're made and learning certain brands like the Sorel brand. Mm -hmm. Like I get my boots from them. I have like three pairs of boots from them and they're like, depending on their sales they are anywhere from like 80 to 150 bucks, but they last and I love them. That's great. And they're just like, and they're all, half of them, almost all of them are waterproof. So I feel invincible. Oh, it's perfect. It's good for New York. I'll check that out. What I've noticed is, is when I'm in yoga, by the middle of the, the session and we're just doing poses where we're standing up the bottoms of my feet are starting to hurt a lot and it's never been that way before and i'm like this is the easiest pose because you, i'm on both feet but like um i find myself to be in a lot of pain like having to shake out my ankles also my ankles give out a lot now um i stopped wearing any kind of height in in shoes because my ankles just like oh yeah you used to wear those we've talked about it the um inserts yeah I wonder yeah. if they did any they damage. Yeah. Oh, that might be a good Google to find out if those inserts do long-term oh, damage. Sure they do. And if you wear heels, like I have like a bit of a bunion, but if you wear heels, like your feet start to like kind of contract like this and like your bunion comes out and like, it's just all like, it does bad things when you're shoving your toes into the front of your shoes. That's where I feel like I've always been a sneaker person. I'm more a boots person now, but even the boots is a little more similar to your natural foot shape. I've, I just never wore heels. I never, you know, so, I mean, we're talking about like three times a year, I wear anything with an incline. And I think as somebody that hated their feet, I think as an adult, I have prettier feet because I didn't slam them into heels and stuff like that. Yeah, probably. Um, you were talking about athletes, but I do worry about that. Cause also in yoga, like you're not allowed to like walk around with shoes on because it's a studio, but like in the, like, that's where you get athletes. foot. one of the places is like, um, locker rooms, dressing rooms, stuff like that. Yeah, I got it from gymnastics. Yeah, and because that's that's a fungus, right? Athlete's foot is a fungus because you can get viruses, which is warts, bacteria, which is like the smelly feet, and yeah. then fungus, which is athlete's foot where it's itchy and awful. Yeah, I mean, there's enough topical stuff that you can put on for athlete's foot that it does go away. I think, um, I mean, clearly showering 
right afterwards and just like proper foot care, dr- completely drying your foot. Cause the other thing is, is like, so I got, um, I got like a pretty bad rash from my wrist uh, from my watch because I would run, it would get soaked and I, it would just kind of sit there. And then my watch was really tight. And I, I had to like take my watch off for two weeks and put ointment on it and stuff because it's just the fabric, the tightness, and then just running in the heat and stuff like that. So, or like same thing with sports bras sometimes. Like, so there is a little bit of like being in sportswear, being, being like, you just have to be cautious of being wet and gross and all that kind of stuff. But most of that stuff can go away. It's just, yeah. I, I think I honestly, that stuff weirdly doesn't bother me or gross me out because I had such issues with it. And I was a gymnast for 11 years that it's just yeah. like, my parents were like, put this ointment on fucking do this. You're fine. Yeah. Um, so as you get older, like your feet go flatter and wider. So yeah. I guess they Great. Start it's worse than you arch and then you just kind of fall back down. Um, your big, big toe arthritis, that becomes a thing in your thirties and forties. And a lot of people think it's your bunion that's hurting you. Your big, if you find that your big toe is hurting you a lot, which I do every once in a while, and I did think it was my bunion, but it's big toe arthritis. Interesting. Yeah. So that's a thing. Uh, now, sweat glands get less active, and that's why you see a lot of older people with cracked skin and like really dry oh. feet. Yeah, I always oh. thought it was just because they didn't take care and then just years and years of not taking care of your feet and like maybe they couldn't bend to reach it or something. I always thought it ended up dry because of that. But no, like your sweat glands are um, less active in your feet. And so you just, your feet dry up. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I've always been like, how, how do you neglect your feet to the point where they have this big crack in the back? I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, pain in your heels, which is, I think is what I was, I was talking about a little bit with the, the yoga. Like, why am I, why does my, the bottom of my feet hurt so much? Crap. My mom has that. Um, uh, she would like wake up in the morning and she walk on her tippy toes um yeah what is that called um I didn't write down heel spurs heel spurs my mom has really bad heel spurs I don't know what she does for them that's interesting yeah because it does happen to people in the morning they wake up and the bottom of the heels hurt and so it's like one of the strongest memories I have as a kid is my mom would like be walking around on her tippy toes because her heels hurt wow it's not as bad now anymore and I don't know what she did for it but that was like well, we should ask issue. her because it's really, it's really scary. I remember when I first started waiting tables, I'd wake up in the morning and I couldn't, my feet, my ankles were like wobbly for the first little bit. Like I can't walk on my feet as easily when I wake up. And I thought it was oh. because we're spending eight to 10 hours a day on my feet waiting tables. But um, I don't think it happens anymore. I haven't really noticed it. Like I think I can walk for the most part pretty okay. Um, but I just remember that like scaring me. I'm like, what, like, why do I, I can't, like, why am I not just a hundred percent as soon as I wake up? I'm <laughs> so like, this is, yeah. I know I'm getting older. So that's that. And then, you know, caring for your feet is, is, um, just moisturize it, put whatever ointment you need on it. If it has stuff growing off of it <laughs> and, um, wash and dry it, like drying it, like you said, is really important. Yeah. I do think it's really important because what happens is your feet are wet. You put them in fabric and then you put that fabric in more fat. It's just like, it's the same. It's just like literally how mold is grown. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. For somebody that doesn't like their feet, I take really good care of my feet. Other than like, I know I talked about in a previous episode that I wear shoes that give me calluses other than that. Um, but that's just because I have oh, a fat don't tight shoes was another one. So you got that right. Say it again. It says not to wear tight shoes. Yeah. So you're welcome world. 
I do. I think I've accidentally, I'm, even though for somebody I don't like feet, I think I'm accidentally making the best foot or at least maintaining. Putting your best foot, foot forward. I am putting my best foot forward. How do we just, done, we're done. We can't <laughs> top that. There's no topping that. Um, I kind of want to learn about like, if there's some, like if anybody has heel spurs, I would love to learn about that. But like just any kind of weird foot problem that's kind of developed over time that you feel like nobody prepared you for or like warned you about. Um, I don't want to hear about your foot fetish. I don't, I'm saying that. I don't want to hear about that. Um, feet, please. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't tell me pictures of your feet. Don't tell me about how you like feet. Um, I don't want to hear about that, but no, any kind of like, um, how feet have kind of, uh, had issues or influenced, um, even just like the type of shoes you buy or whatever. But, um, and I think that's actually why I have those like looser shoes is it makes my feet feel less flat. I don't know. Anyway, you can write to us at two non-doctors. What is that? Two non forward doctors at gmail.com and we'll see you next week thanks guys bye bye i don't want to stay here